I'm Cooper. I'm Asher. And I'm Levi. This is our podcast about World War II. So first, we'll give a brief description of World War I. In 1914, Arthur Franz Ferdinand of Austria was assassinated by a Serbian terrorist group. This made them mad. So Germany, who is an ally of Austria-Hungary, declared war on Serbia. Austria-Hungary also did this. This started a chain reaction of different countries declaring war on each other. Now we're going to skip to the end. But Germany sent a telegram to Mexico asking them to attack America. The British found found it and showed it to the USA, and the, and the USA joined. Together, the Allies knocked out the Central Powers, which are the bad guys. And on November 11, 1918, Germany surrendered, and that was World War I. Also, I'm going to be going over the World War I tanks. First is the Whippet tank, which was a British machine gun tank, which I have no idea how many machine guns, mainly because I never really got that good of a picture. Next is the Mark IV tank, male and female version. The male version having two cannons and two machine guns, one cannon and one machine gun on each side, and the female just having two machine guns on each side. The Mark V version of this was just basically a larger and better version of the Mark IV. Next is the Schneider CA-1, which is actually not German at all. It is French. From what I understand, it only had machine guns. I could be wrong. But next is another French tank, the Renault FT, which inspired the modern tank of the world with a 360-degree rotating turret on the top of the hull. Next is the A7V, which is a German tank that had around 10 machine guns and one cannon. And the K-Wagen, which was also German, um, really was basically the exact opposite and had six cannons and four machine guns. The Russians tried to make their own tank, known as the Tsar tank. It was an experimental tank, and it was a huge fail due to the large wheels getting bogged down in the mud. They had left it there until a museum took it and had it as a exhibit to show basically how tank design in World War One was nothing like World War Two due to the lack of you know technology. In nineteen twenty five Benito Mussolini became a fascist dictator in Italy and in nineteen thirty four Adolf Hitler became a fascist dictator in Germany. Hitler said that he would undo the Treaty of Versailles, and that's how he became so popular. In 1940, the Tripartite Pact was signed by Germany, Italy, and Japan, furthering, further increasing their alliance. And in 1938, Hitler fully annexed Austria, and then invaded Czechoslovakia. And, it, and Mussolini invaded modern-day Ethiopia. Mussolini also uh, occupied Albania. Japan also invaded eastern China, where they made as far as Nanking, 
or the Japanese committed so many atrocities of Unit 731. In 1939, Hitler invaded Poland, which started World War II. Hitler had been recently making an alliance with Stalin, and they planned on invading Poland. But the British warned Hitler that an, that an invasion of Poland would mean a war. So later on, they invaded Poland, and they split it between the two of them. And then it was official. Britain and France declared war on Germany. Here are some of the things that were used in the invasion of Poland. I didn't really have anything on the Polish forces, so for now I will go over the German thing. First is the standard issue bolt-action rifle of the German army known as the Car 95K. It was standard issue. Semi-automatic had not come in yet due to, well, not true combat happening yet. Uh, the machine guns that they used was the MP40, which was a submachine gun. The MG42, which was a light machine gun, and an MG34, I believe, that was also a light machine gun, but was later replaced by the MG42. Uh, the kind of tanks that they used was obviously the half-tracks, which were amazing at carrying troops and had the ability to hold a machine gun. Uh, they also used the Panzer One, which was basically a Panzer II with machine guns. They also sent Panzer Twos. Uh, they sent some of the newer Panzer Threes, and some of the only Panzer Fours that they had at the moment was the Panzer IV D, while they were still working on the Panzer for G. Panzer 35 was definitely light and fast enough to be in the invasion of Poland, but if I believe correctly, it was not invented and it was not manufactured until, I believe, after Poland. In fact, I think they were starting to use the Panzer 35T for conquering the, the little areas that um, the rebels, the Polish rebels were using. Uh, the only plane, of, the only German plane that I could find was the light dive bomber Stuka, which was very terrifying when you heard its sound of it rushing to the ground, because literally it would dive and pull up real fast, maybe 10 feet from the ground, and drop the bomb. And then, it, like, it's so fast that it gets away before the bomb actually hits the ground. And that's it for the weapons that were used in the invasion of Poland. Sweden had been supplying Hitler with iron, and the Allies did not very like this, so they asked him they asked the country very nicely to stop supplying iron, but they refused. Russia at the same time was it was having an invasion on Finland, so they said, Why don't we land troops through Norway, go through Sweden, and maybe take control of our iron fields on the way? And they still said no. So they mined up the, fi the they mined up the waters around Norway. And Hitler knew what the, the Allies were doing, and he went to to go get a supply of iron. They they rushed troops through Norway, and the Allies did the same. But Hitler had been taking control of all their uh, all their planes, and they were no match for the air superiority above them. Afterwards, Germany was wanting to invade. France. But because of the France defenses, known as the Maginot Line, 
They had to go around it by going through Belgium and Amsterdam. During the invasion of Belgium, France, France's forces met them at Belgium, but this time Hitler had a trick up his sleeve, Blitzkrieg. During the invasion, Hitler sent thousands of refugees towards France's, force, France, France's troops, and they left a gap open near the Ardennes. So they, so he, so he sent thousands of troops through the Ardennes and made an encircling movement, and they squeezed the troops out of, and they squeezed the troops out of part of France and Belgium. But they made a last effort, desperate escape at Dunkirk to bring their British troops home. After this, with most French troops defeated, the Germans breezed through, and after they took Paris, France fell. After the invasion of France and Belgium, France was split in two, with the southeast side being under German occupation and rule, but still being allowed to do its normal thing, while southwest through northeast was used for military, naval, defense. Once Germany captured France, they needed to control the English Channel in order to invade Great Britain. So they started bombing British cities, but then Winston Churchill ordered a small bombing over Berlin, and that made him really mad, so he targeted all his bombing raids over London. And millions of children were sent into farmlands to, invo to avoid bombings. And evacuations to bomb raid shelters was a daily occurrence. And they, they, they desperately fought over the English Channel. Hitler atta attacked and bombed RIF bases and repair yards so that they couldn't go back into the air to defend the English Channel. But once Hitler started targeting London, they had enough time to rebuild all their supplies, and they pushed back the German Lufa squadrons, and was an embarrassing defeat for Hitler. Meanwhile, Hungary and Romania jo joined the Axis powers by signing the Tripartite Pact. President Roosevelt sent weapons and food to the Allies, making them wealthier. Hitler tried to sever, sever the supply line by, by sh sinking the supply ships. Then a codebreaker uh, cracked their Enigma code. And then Hitler said to Bulgaria and Yugoslavia to join him or be invaded. Bulgaria joined. Yugoslavia was invaded. Hitler led a surprise invasion against the Soviet Union called Operation Barbarossa. The Germans made it all the way to Moscow, but then it got cold. Hitler's commanders went to him and said, should we burrow in for the winter? But Hitler said no. But oil is literally literally freezing inside of our in front of our vehicles. Perfectly normal. Keep going. We're going to have to leave our dead horses on the side of a road because it's so cold in order to get through the blizzard. Perfectly normal. Keep going. Hitler had seriously thought that he would have won by now, and he didn't give any of his soldiers any clothes. In Russia, some of the worst battles ever happened. But 
Joseph Stalin, the leader of the USSR, otherwise known as the Soviet Union, had allies from the Siberian front and had just fought a war against Finland. So they had some really good tactics and things during the winter, which meant Germany really sucked. They just sucked. They lost battle after battle. Um, Moscow and Stalingrad, they, they were one of the cities fought over the most, and eventually they didn't, they just couldn't do it. With the winter there, the Russians turned on them and kept pushing. Japan wanted to continue their invasion southward, which was pretty heavily colonized by the Americans and the British, which their navies were good. So they destroyed their ships at Pearl Harbor, so it was easier to continue. After that, the U.S. declared war on Japan. So did the U.K., and the Germans declared war on the U.S., even though they didn't have to. After this, the Pacific Theater went into motion. D-Day and the Battle of the Bulge happened, and the atomic bomb was used on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, which ended World War II.